All right, all right. Well, good morning. Oh, there it is. I did it. <laughs> well, let's rise again. Good evening, everybody, and Merry Christmas to everyone. It's good to see your faces. I'm so glad that you're here. If you are a visitor or a guest, uh, first time here with Center Point Church, Ken Island, uh, we want to tell you, uh, either in a program, if you got one or right outside the doors, there should be something called a connection card. We ask that you fill that connection card out. Give us as much information about yourself as you would like. Um, any prayer requests, um, just kind of want to know what's going on for our church, please fill that out and drop that off in the back, and we'll be more than glad to contact you and pray with you or pray for you as well. Um, I want to uh, thank everyone that was able to come and help set up here at the church today. Um, they all worked hard getting things together, seats and all those things. So I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you. So can you guys give everybody just a round of applause for a few moments. Amen. All right. Well, um, we're going to be here until uh, Christmas morning. So uh, we'll be here at about 12.01. You guys should be good. Somebody's looking like, is he serious? No. <laughs> but we're so glad that you're here. And we want to share with you just for a few moments today. Um, of what's going on and what we're talking about. So I would ask this. If you have your Bible or an app to your phone um, that deals with the Bible, if you could scroll or flip or get to the book of Luke, the second chapter. And while you're doing that, I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we'll get into our message. Um, dear Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts and our ears to receive your word, to receive your truth, that we would walk in uh, fire and passion uh, in you, that we would uh, find new relationship with you, that we'd find new strength in you, that we'd find new hope in you, Father. Uh, open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to walk in, to receive, and to live in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, whether you have a Bible or not, we'll have the scriptures on the screen. So if you please stand with us uh, for the book of Luke, the second chapter, we'll be reading verses 8 through 12. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Amen. You guys can be seated. I want to talk to you all for a few moments today about what is Christmas? What is Christmas? I think to a lot of people, people have a different meaning or thought process of what Christmas might mean to them. Um, for me, I can't lie to you, and I need to be brutally honest. Um, for the last couple of years, Christmas has meant to me the marathon is coming to an end. The marathon is coming to an end. Um, we have six kids. Uh, we, we have a fa we're a family of six. And we got a lot of kids going on. And we got birthdays from August all the way to December. Um, we have a birthday on August 18th. Then we have back-to-school shopping, which lasts from the end of August to the beginning of September. Then we have two birthdays, uh, August 22nd at the same day. That's October 22nd? What did I say? Yeah, there we go. September 22nd, we got Zeph and Rosie's birthday. I said it again, didn't I? October 22nd. Zeph and Rosie. Then November, we have Olivia. Then uh, in December, it's me and Tyler. And by the time we get to Christmas, I just want it to be over with. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I, I've, I've planned. I've spent money. I've done everything I want to do. I want to get to December 
26 so I can have two months of just relaxing in that planning and that spending. To me, sometimes Christmas is just the end of the road. For some folks, Christmas is all about peppermint-smelling candles and decorations and all kinds of stuff. For some people, it's about spending as much money as you possibly can to buy stuff for people you want to impress. Uh, For some people, Christmas is all about getting to those presents and opening up those gifts and finding those brand new things. For some people, Christmas is a very sad time. It reminds us of the ones and the things that we've lost. For some of us, Christmas is the most exciting moments possible because it's that hour marathon that turns into 72 hours marathon, which turns into 24 days of nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies. Yes! We all have our levels of what Christmas means to them. But I believe that Christmas really is about hope. I believe that Christmas is this idea that we get to celebrate year after year of this thought process, this idea of hope. It's this hope that God has given us his son, Jesus, that he's given us this this baby, this infant that's going to grow to change the lives of the world. And he gave us this infant, this baby that's going to take place and walk around on the earth, that's going to do tremendous and marvelous and amazing things, that's going to change our lives in great ways. He gives us this hope. And I want to share with you guys for the next few moments this hope, this hope that Christmas is, this hope that Christmas represents. I want to share with you three things that you'll find in Luke 10 and verse 11. The first thing I want to share with you is Christmas is the hope of good news. It reads like this in verse 10. But the angel reassured him, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news. This angel comes to these shepherds who are out there doing shepherd stuff, whatever that is, dealing with sheep and whatever. And then all of a sudden, this angel appears and he says, listen, I have something I want to tell you. Uh, This baby is born and I want to share with you good news. He says, I want to give you hope that good news is here. I want to give you hope that good news is coming. I want to share with you that you're going to experience brand new, amazing good news. I want you to hope. I want you to trust. I want you to believe that great brand new things are getting ready to be said and to be spoken into to your life and over your life, there's great things coming. It's important to remember that sometimes life is hard and it is difficult and it is frustrating and it is overwhelming and it is sad and sometimes it just punches you in the face when you least expect it. But he also says that in all of those moments, understand that this Christmas moment, this Christmas time, this is to remind us of the great hope that we have, that there's better conversations, that there's better things to be spoken, that there are better conversations to have that will minimize the arguments that you heard or had a few days ago. He says, I want you to remember there's still hope for better things to take place. I've been expecting over the last two weeks to hear some news. It's financial news that will kind of determine the trajectory of next year and the year to come. You guys with me? And I've been waiting for this news, nervous, not knowing if it'd go left or right. And then I got the phone call today that it's not going in the direction I wanted to go. And I called Rosie and I said, I don't know what next year is going to look like because I was planning for this news to hopefully be the way I wanted it to be so that I can start planning the way I wanted to plan, and that news wasn't great news for me. You guys with me so far? And she and I talked, and I looked at stuff on the internet, and I was like, man, if this had happened, this could happen. You know all that sadness and that frustration that kind of kicks in. And I'm riding down the road on my way home, and all I could think to myself is, great, this is how I'm starting my Christmas. The Christmas Grinch called me this afternoon and ruined my Christmas. And then all of a sudden, 
I heard this thing in my head that was kind of like, why are you worried about all of this stuff? I'm in charge. I'm in control. I can deal with everything. It's funny because I just preached a message on Sunday about understanding that sometimes God will mess up your plan for his good purpose. And here's the guy that just preached it on Sunday, driving on down the road, thinking to myself, this is going to be the worst Christmas ever because it's not according to what? My plan. And God comes along and says, listen, I have plans for you bigger and better than what you can think. Don't maximize the moment. I want you to focus on the big picture. Don't get caught up in this bad news because I'm all about good news. I've come to bring you and share with you and celebrate with you to encourage you to keep moving forward with good news. He says, I want you to have hope of the good news. And then he says in point number two, he says, Christmas is the hope of bringing people joy. Watch this. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. He says, I'm bringing news to you. It's not just good news that you'll have better conversations, that you'll have better days, but that people all around will experience great joy. Christmas is about the joy. Joy is bigger and better and more powerful than happy. Happy is basically based upon external situations. Joy helps you rise above those external situations that I can still find excitement because something is greater than just the moment in life. And a lot of us are living by the moment. The moment says, I need to do this. The moment says, I need to respond like this. But joy, joy lasts much longer than a few moments. Joy is what keeps you together when you don't feel like being together. I love you, girl. Joy impacts you on a higher level than just the moments. We were riding in the car the other day, and one of my sons said, I'm so hungry. I got to eat. If I don't eat right now, I'm going to pass out. And I said, good. I like some quiet in the car. Can we please stop? Can we stop? Can we stop? And I'm not going to tell you which one of my four kids it was. When we, but when she and I were walking in the mall, and um, we, were going out, we were walking down the mall, and she was like, oh, that pizza smells. I said, it sure does. Keep walking, girl. And then we got past the pretzel place, you know, with the cinnamon stuff on there. And oh, I they do it on purpose. And they got fans, and they just fan it in the hallway, and it smells so good. And she, please, what if I pay you back when we get home? What if I, no, keep walking. She was so hungry. And it was all for the purpose because she wanted to meet the need at that moment. But I know what she likes to eat. She likes Chick-fil-A. Spicy, extra fried Chick-fil-A sandwich with pepper jack cheese. I know the order. And everything. I don't want to give you that little old nasty, dried up, salted pretzel. Because if you can hang in there long enough, I'm going to take you where? To your favorite spot to get something to eat. And you can get all the fries you want today because I know you're hungry. 
See, joy is bigger than that moment of I desire, I want, I need. God says, listen, I brought Christmas around to remind you of a deeper joy than just the momentary thrills or the momentary frustrations. I have bigger and better plans for you. Hang on and be excited. Hope for greater and better things that will last longer than your moment. That will last longer than your frustration, longer than your hurts longer than your pains. Joy is something that runs so much deeper. And he says, I brought Christmas around to remind us of this joy, this joy that digs deeper and means more than the moment of frustration or the momentary thrill. And then he says something significant in this passage of Scripture. He says in Luke 2, 10 and 11, Christmas is the hope of the Savior. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I love this because he says, ultimately, our hope should be in the Savior. Why this is significant is because he wants us to understand that if you, if you can't find hope and joy and a good message that may come or that there's going to be encouraging words in the next few days or weeks to push you through this moment, he says, then I want you to be excited and have hope that there's something greater in you than just this momentary external feeling. I want you to push your minds onto joy. And he says, if you can't get, if you can't get good words and you can't get joy, then I want you to be excited about. I want you to look forward to. I want you to be happy about. I want you to be anticipation of a Savior that's going to come and change your life. He says, if good words don't do it and joy doesn't do it, he says, then I want you to focus on the fact that I have something that can save you from all problems and situations. He says his desire is that he wants to save the world, and he wants to be a part of saving your life and being a part of taking you from danger to safety. His job, his desire, his purpose is to save you and I. And so he says, listen, if the words don't get it, if joy don't get it, then understand I am here that you would have hope that I can save you from every problem, every addiction, every hurt, every struggle, every scroll on the Internet, from every negative conversation, I have the ability to save you. If you would just trust in me, and I can get it done. He says, listen, would you have hope in me that I can save you? Sometimes saving means it shows you how to survive. Whoa. Miss that one. Sometimes saving doesn't mean that I pull you out of a situation, but it means that I give you the tools and the resources to survive in the midst of the situation. Salvation comes in many different ways, and just because it doesn't look like how we hoped it to look, a lot of times we'll say, I'm done with the whole situation. God doesn't fix this marriage. I'm out. Maybe God brings tools and people and conversations along to help you work through the tough times of marriage. Just high five me. Ain't nobody else going to do nothing. There you go. Give it to me, brother. I love you. 
Sometimes surviving circumstances doesn't mean you get another job because you've been applying everywhere to get out of your thing. Sometimes God says, I need you to learn how to handle your tough situations, so I'm going to give you tools and resources. Supervisors that aggravate, mess out of you. We in the children's church today. <laughs> Yo, whoops, almost slipped up. I got, I got circumstances that aggravate you, frustrate you, so that you can grow. I put you in classes you can't just leave out. You can't transfer from the classroom. Mm, mm. You got to deal with that teacher. Because you're going to have to learn how to deal with people in life. And you can't leave everybody. He says, I'm giving you tools that sometimes salvation doesn't come how you think, but it still comes the way you need it. How do I know that's true? Because Jesus came to save the Jews. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. I'm all the way in the Bible right now. He came to bring salvation to the Jews. And because he didn't look like the king they imagined him to be, they rejected him, even though he was the salvation that they were supposed to have. Just because salvation doesn't look like what you dreamed it to be doesn't mean it's not meant for you. Sometimes salvation is in a conversation that changes your whole thought process. I used to do a lot of teen ministry. I used to do a lot of teen ministry. And I would tell everybody, grab your phones. And we did this once at church, too. I told you to delete the people in your phone. You guys remember that? <laughs> my, my daughter, yes. <laughs> and I said, grab your phones, and we're going to get rid of people in your life. Delete them, delete them, delete them. And people were like, oh, I'm not deleting folks. And I said, delete them. And I yelled at them. And they started deleting people. And they said, if I delete them, all they're going to do is call me back. I said, yeah, but when you take an extra two seconds to figure out who that number is, that could be the difference between you saying hello or no. Salvation comes in many different ways. And just because you don't like the conversation or it didn't happen the way you thought God should happen, he wasn't the magical genie you expected him to be, doesn't mean that he's still not there to save your soul and to save you from your issues. Christmas, Christmas is this hope. Christmas is not about gifts. It's not about getting to the end of the road. I like Hallmark. The movies are awesome. I'm not going to lie. November 28th. We got sweatpants on, and we're watching Hallmark movies. And my kids come by, and they say, I hate this stuff that you have on. It's the same story, and it's so all about love. Where are the guns and the knives? Go to bed! <laughs> because in that moment, it's not about Hallmark. It's about connecting with my wife and enjoying the show. But Christmas... It's not about any of those things. Christmas is about us understanding that God gives us another opportunity each and every year to remember that there's hope coming. 
to remember there's salvation for our souls and salvation from our problems. He gives us this year, every year around, to remind us that there is still better things to be said and better conversations to have, that there's bigger hopes than what you thought. There's more than you can be. He gives us this thing that tells us you can still have joy because even though this year wasn't great, there's hopes and joy for next year to be greater. There's car rides when your finances don't sound like they're going to add up to what you want them to be, that he reminds you, I am still the God of the universe, and I can change a nickel into $100, and I can pay a bill you never imagined to be paid, because I'm the Savior of your soul, your life, your finances, your marriage, your past. And even when it doesn't look like you planned it to, I can still save you from that situation. You don't get anything else from this message today. Here's your takeaway. Christmas is the constant reminder of the hope that God gives us. It's the hope of the brand new thing that God promises us which is simply another opportunity to experience better in him. It's the opportunity to experience better in him. Everyone knows the greatest Christmas movie of all time is Die Hard. Everyone knows that the representation of Christ, slightly skewed, still is Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis went into the Nakatomi building in Los Angeles, and it was held hostage by all kinds of problems and struggle and wickedness, and he stayed to find his bride. His mission was to kick butt, chew gum. He was all out of bubble gum. Woo! Little Ric Flair for (laughs) y'all. And he stayed in there and he fought through cuts and bruises and he bled and he ate and he went through horrible tortures so that he could be reunited with his bride. Jesus comes for each and every one of us that are his bride. And he'll go through hell and high water to save the ones that he loves the most. Christmas is a constant reminder beyond all the beauty, all the lights, all the presents, all the gifts, the highs and the lows. He believes in us. He desires us and wants to connect with us. Let's pray. God, again, it's by your grace that we thank you because you love us. You give us hope to believe again, hope to dream again, hope to desire to reconnect with you. Father, for us that are hurting in this time of season, the story isn't over. This is not the end. 
for the words or the conversations that we've heard in our past, and maybe even today. You desire, and you have said you dream great dreams for us, and you have great desires for us, but there's still more that you have to write down in our story. Fill us with your joy. And if we don't know what it's like, connect us with people that can help us experience your joy. Father, if there's anybody in this place that wants you as their personal Savior, for every head down and every eye closed, there's anybody in this place that wants to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. Would you lift your hand up real quick? Is there anybody in this place? Amen. Amen. That wants to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. This is your time. Is there anyone else? At the end of the service, we'll come by and talk to you. You can raise your hands we can share with you a little bit more about the salvation and the choices you've made. Father, continue to bless us and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.